Hello, I'm Ken Burrell from Pragmatic PMO. If you're a project manager and you've ever thought to yourself at the end of a project, if I'd known then what I know now, I'd have done things differently, then you'll appreciate that everything seems easier and clearer with hindsight. But acquiring your own hindsight is hard and often painful. George Bernard Shaw said, if history repeats itself and the unexpected always happens, how incapable man must be of learning from experience. I think that project managers can learn a lot from each other's experience and especially from sharing their scars. Sharing experience gives you access to somebody else's hindsight without the hard work and the pain. So as part of my campaign for real project managers, on your behalf, I'm talking to some real project managers I've had the pleasure of working alongside so that you can benefit from their experience. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Jack Sayward, who's going to share some of his experiences with us. Jack, I'd like you to start, if you can, by introducing yourself and giving us a flavour of your background and how you got into project management. So I've been a project manager for about four and a half uh, years. Um, I originally studied building today um, at university um, on, a, on a sandwich degree. So I spent a year out um, in London working for a, um, a large landlord uh, based in the West End of London. After which it made sense that the uh, natural progression was to either become a building surveyor or go into the sort of the less uh, the less construction sort of techie side of the industry and go into project management. So, what sort of projects are you involved with now? What's the size and the shape of them? So, currently I work for a global real estate firm um, based in the city or the west end of London. I work in the building consultancy department of that company, which specifically focuses on the commercial fit-outs. So the size of projects that I will typically work on can range from uh, 20,000 square feet up to 200,000 square feet. And the type of projects that I work on can range from a standard commercial office fit-out um, to a laboratory workshop, um, sort of mixed use type environment. So quite a range then? Yes. Yeah. Looking back over your project management career, can you give us an example of a scar, so something that went wrong on a project that you were managing and what you learned from it? I was working on a commercial fit-out um, of a, a pre-existing industrial unit. So there was a third-party specialist contractor appointed directly by the client and it was the contractor's responsibility to make sure that all of the infrastructure was in place by a certain date to allow this subcontractor to come over from Germany and install their single laboratories, okay. their single prefabricated laboratories within the allotted time frame within the, within the main program. Initially we received a, the, a list of requirements from the head of facilities within the client's organisation um, and we used those requirements as gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, in order to design and create the infrastructure um, for the for the subcontractor to come and install their laboratories, um, it transpired though that when we actually met the third party contractor, they required a number of items that weren't specified in the documentation that we'd received right. thus far. Um, namely, they needed a 100% dust-free environment okay. um, and they needed the concrete slab uh, underneath the, 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 the laboratories to be within a tolerance that hadn't been allowed for within the design. So we found ourselves in a position where we were 
on the construction site, so it was almost impossible to achieve a 100% dust-free environment. And we had a, uh, a slab that was not within the tolerances that they now they now specified. Right. So we were faced with a little bit of a tricky situation in that we had, materi- we had the materials um, outside. Right. The labour the labour hadn't uh, hadn't arrived yet. Okay. So um, there was a bit of a buffer in between where we were now and when they were yeah. actually due to due to start. I think from memory it was about I think it was about two weeks that we had to uh, uh, to react to this situation. Okay. But you're in a dusty construction site Correct, yeah. with a uh, bumpy slab yeah. um, and the laboratory installers needed it dust free and really quite level and Correct. the materials are outside on the lorry. Correct. Okay, yeah. so what did you do? So we were faced with a situation where we had to test the market for a, uh, a quick drying self-leveling screed fairly right. quickly. Luckily we, we managed to find something that would that we could lay achieve the tolerance and it would cure up to a um, it would cure just enough to allow the construction to begin and then it would cure to 100% strength by mm-hmm. the time the laboratories had finished right um, so we did achieve we did achieve what they needed in that sense but obviously that came at, uh, at a cost right. to the client in the works had to be undertaken out of hours yeah and we had to use a fairly expensive material um, that hadn't been budgeted for, for previously. Similarly, with the, uh, the, the dust-free environment, we had to re-sequence parts of the works uh, of the main laboratory construction to be done out of hours when there weren't other works going on within the site that could be deemed to be creating Okay. creating dust. We still weren't able to guarantee that the environment was 100% um, dust free but we sort of met in the middle with the contractor and they agreed to underwrite that the, um, the warranty was wouldn't good be affected and it, and, and that it was good enough. Okay. So in, in a nutshell we managed to overcome the problem. We found a solution to both problems and the laboratories were constructed within the construction schedule, which Mm -hmm. was great. What did you learn from this experience? When there's a third party contractor involved, particularly when it's a client's contractor um, and they're gonna be working under the remit of the main contractor of the build and there's items of infrastructure uh, work that the main contractor needs to complete in order for the subcontractor's install to be successful. Mm In that scenario, I think it's vitally important to connect all parties at the beginning of the project to run through not only the end user requirements of the subcontractor's uh, design, but also the the infrastructure requirements that, um, that they need from the main contractor and the main project in order for their build to be successful. so, for example, um, during the story that I've just told you, so the set of documentation was outdated, uh, unbeknowing to the client. Mm-hmm. Um, we wouldn't have had a set of outdated information if we had um, if we had met with the subcontractor early on 
in the project and held a number of workshops and meetings uh, to, to, to fully run through uh, their requirements so that everyone was on the same page. Okay, so what would you recommend to other people that they should do in their projects in order to avoid ending up in a situation like the one you experienced? I would recommend that they challenge their client. Um, don't take everything that they say as gospel and where there are other parties in, involved, challenge their client to bring those, 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 those parties to the table. Make sure that the, uh, the client makes the right introductions uh, to the to said third parties so that information is freely available first hand and isn't passed on through too many different layers. Jack, thanks for your time, your openness and your insights. So today we've heard from Jack about something that went wrong on a project that he was managing and how he recovered from it. Mark Twain said, history doesn't repeat itself but often it rhymes. To me, that means that although the future is never exactly like the past, it's often similar enough for the lessons of the past to be useful. So my challenge to you is what will you learn from this? What will you do differently in your projects as a result of Jack's experience? Let me know in the comments. If you enjoyed this interview, let me know by leaving a comment or a like or both or by sharing it with others on social media. If enough people think these interviews are worthwhile, I'll make more of them. And if you want to appear in one, let me know. For other videos on project management topics, take a look at my video channel. For articles on project management and PMO topics, visit my website pragmaticpmo.com or follow me on Twitter at pragmaticpmo. To connect with me more personally, search LinkedIn for Ken Burrell, Pragmatic PMO. In the meantime, until the next time, thanks for listening.